This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin, super spreading Bitcoin 2022. Today is February the 25th of 2022. Strong hand. Solutions over sympathy. Innovation over interference. Buying over crying. There are no circuit breakers in Bitcoin. Remember that. In motion. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. I'm offended by selling. This is where the big boys play and the big girls, baby. All right. Capito complain. Everybody, it is time. I'm bringing you the best guest in the space. Justine Brady and Gigi are returning. Are they going to be returning to Miami this year? Because I saw these dudes in Miami last year. We will promote the Bitcoin conference in a second. I'm not going to read you the whole long thing, but I'm going to be there. Use the Adam 10 discount code to get your tickets right now. They're going up in price soon, but we're going to go. Miami's a lovely, warm place, but there's been an ugly, cold place in the uh, in the news lately. Russia has been Russia, Russia, Russia. Now, I just want to tell everybody that... <laughs> Come on, you weak hands. You, we've lived through these mainstream media big news occurrences before. And guess what? Bitcoin comes right back every single time. This time it went down when the, the, the bomb started uh, landing, just like when the virus uh, started landing on March 12th of 2020. People were panicking, but the panic wasn't as big this time. Um, and look, life goes on. There is a day after tomorrow for all you, all you gold and precious metal people who've been dreaming of World War III, you're not getting it. Pound that like button because the productive are going to win this thing forever, baby. Life goes on. If you think the world is ending, you're going to have fun staying poor. Well, actually, you're not going to have that much fun uh, staying poor. So let's kind of try to tie in. Yeah, I, I, I don't like war. I don't like this stuff. I mean, it's not, but I mean, I, I live my life and, but there are ways that it is tied into Bitcoin. Okay. Um, Bitcoin could be vilified uh, if, if Russia uses Bitcoin to uh, get around uh, sanctions right now, we have, you know, Patreon suspends a Ukrainian NGO. Uh, what was it? Come back alive for funding military activities through uh, Patreon, uh, so they used Bitcoin instead. So people are going to say, well, people are funding war, uh, helping the Ukraine by, by sending Bitcoin to them. And this is very true. It is, it's definitely neutral in this war. Uh, so that's a positive that's coming out of this. And people, people you know, try to claim uh, that neutrality isn't important. You can see in a situation like this, it's a, it's a very valuable thing uh, to be neutral. And Bitcoin is, is definitely neutral. So I want to start off with Brady. Uh, what's your take on, on what's going on? And you've got uh, some theories on how this all could devolve and uh, bring about central bank uh, digital currencies, too. So take it away. You've got a lot to say, Brady. Welcome back. Probably unmute yourself first, no? <laughs> yeah, Brady? I was just thinking really hard about how to start my sentence. Okay. <laughs> that was good. After uh, the awesome intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, anyway, yeah, thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. It was good to be here with, with Gigi and Justine and be able to hang out with you all. I knew I was going to be here with Justine. I didn't know Gigi was going to be here. It's like a little icing on, on the cake. Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, obviously interesting times. Uh, a few things have kind of changed the way, like kind of my my base case for how things would sort of play out geopolitically in, in terms of Bitcoin and that game, the whole game theory on a global level. And uh, seeing what happened in Canada, um, was an eye opener. Uh, the how fast Trudeau went to financial sanctions on individuals in his own country, uh, and how easy it was to uh, order the domestic financial and international financial system to implement those sanctions. So just seeing how how under control the governments are of these financial systems uh, in action. Of course, we understand this, like theoretically speaking, right? But seeing it in action was a whole other story. And in a country that is a Western democracy, considered to be part of a, you know, sort of this leading light of uh, democratic institution and free freedom and, and a rule of law and all of this, easily suspended rule of law and went to uh, authoritarian control using uh, weaponi weaponizing the financial system in uh, a matter of you know 24 hours it just happened um so that was unsettling to say the least and then um the what we all you know a lot of us saw coming in in russia and ukraine the invasion um has happened and we see bitcoin being sent to ukraine to help the military there and russian uh you know russians uh, citizens using bitcoin to help get around sanctions there's a lot of bitcoin in russia um, so they'll be using that to get around uh, sanctions um, from the West. So I could see this sort of different, um, I guess, way things pan out uh, than what I was originally thinking, which was that, you know, in these in these freer countries, uh, we would advocate for uh, the use of Bitcoin uh, through these political systems and make them legal through uh, education and and our and our political system. Um, and had you know have some faith there, and that still very well might be the case. I'm not completely lost hope there at all, but I think it's much more likely than I thought that we could see a CBDC issued uh, by the U.S. government on the dollar, and then one for the yuan, and then the rest of the world outside of the West and China sort of coalescing around Bitcoin uh, as sort of this loose kind of coalition of countries that aren't in, you know, outside of this bipolar kind of economic, controlled economic system um, and making that really difficult for Bitcoiners in the West um, because the government would then obviously be incentivized to just continue to push uh, their control further and further. So um, it definitely has kind of raised my hackles a little bit. Well, yes, uh, I'm more concerned about an economic war on the people that uh, whenever you have a crisis, some of these uh, sociopathic leaders are just going to think of a way to grab more power. And that means economic war on the people. We've seen it in Canada. We've seen it in China. We've seen it everywhere. Now, um, I, I think this is going to open the door uh, for CBTCs, like, like you said, central bank digital currencies. Uh, it, it, you know, the, the countries will come up with excuses why it's so convenient now. Uh, we're giving you uh, economic freedom when it's really economic slavery. Uh, I, I think in the United States, though, because we have the, uh, the 50 states, the 50 experiments, that uh, if, they, they couldn't go full Trudeau, uh, the, the, the leader at the federal level. Uh, the states of Texas and Florida, who knows what, would, would also uh, would threaten to leave. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? But it, in this time of real war, it is good to think about uh, 
what, what, how, how this could lead to the leaders uh, declaring economic war, unofficial economic war on the people. And uh, B- Bitcoin solves this uh, problem, by the way. Right now in the Ukraine, you can't get your money out of the Ukraine. All right. They, they, they're, they're lines at the ATMs, uh, but you can't get your Bitcoin out of there. So that that is something to remember uh, d- during this uh, these wild times over there. So, Gigi, a- any thoughts on uh, what, what Brady just said? Uh, and you're over. You're, you're not in North America. You're, you're closer to the situation. So your take on what's going on. Yeah, it's it's, of course, you know, like kind of strange to see all this play out i i can only echo what brady said that you know a lot of the things that are currently happening they were kind of it was it was obvious to a lot of people that those kind of things will happen in theory and it's it's kind of to me it feels like the the sovereign individual thesis is playing out in real time you know like things are destabilizing and um i think a lot of people just purely from the monetary perspective were in agreement that you know, some war will come someday just to, you know, to kind of, quote unquote, find another excuse to <laughs> do with your monetary po- policy uh, what, what, what you will. And it's, it's still true that, like, I, I love what you said, that you, you, um, <laughs> you, you, you can't take your Bitcoin out of the country. And this is true because your Bitcoin was never in the country to begin with, you know, like your, your, your Bitcoin is non-local. So, like... Speaking of bringing Bitcoin across the border has always been nonsensical, you know, like you, it's, it's about keys, it's about information, you can, you know, hold basically a password in, in your head and your, your Bitcoin is everywhere and nowhere. So just that, that is very, very empowering. And again, like I, to me, this feels like the sovereign individual thesis playing out in real time. And I've seen a lot of very like heartwarming reports already where people make use of Bitcoin in that way. Um, exactly like that, you know, like it's uh, no way to get money out of the bank account and just in, in, in some some way, either they had Bitcoin or they acquired Bitcoin very quickly, either by a friend or something. And they were able, able to leave before the borders were locked down because, of course, you know, like um, uh, uh, like young males in particular are not allowed to leave currently um, because they basically, you know, they, they have to fight, so to speak. And and so this is this is the power of Bitcoin that you just... You know, like you can see it in real time and, and, and read about it in the news even that more and more people are, are picking up on that. And of course, as Brady said, you know, like the, the preload to all of this was what was going down in, in Canada with the truckers and so on. And this is exactly why, why the world needs Bitcoin and why, why everyone will need Bitcoin, because these kind of clampdowns and this financial tyranny will only increase as as the world destabilizes, as the current systems destabilize. And I, I expect this to be the, the, the beginning, kind of. And I, I see this continuing in, in other countries and in other situations as well. Do you see uh, what, what Brady sees in the future? Just a tremendously uh, powerful uh, CBDCs, uh, you know, Western Europe going one way, China going another way, and, uh, and then Bitcoin for the smart people, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard to say. Um, I mean, CBDCs are basically a reality in, in China already. I mean, the, everyone is on WeChat and, and uh, Sino Weibo and so on. And uh, like this, this has existed in China for years. Like you, you, you cross the street at the, at the wrong moment or you say something wrong online and 
you know, like a, a fine is immediately automatically detected <laughs> from from your account. And so um, it's it's interesting to me also that um, I mean it's also not very surprising, but this was never real to to the Western world, even though it could like you know we we were in a very similar situation. But also um, I remember like um, yeah, it's not not too long ago, two or three years ago. Um, uh, a lot of Bitcoiners were talking about uh, Hong Kong and what's going on, what was going on there. And now that it's happening in Canada, and now that it's uh, uh, you know like, and more recently even in, in the Ukraine, then then suddenly you know it becomes real. Then people are kind of waking up and and kind of waking from their slumber that your money was never your money to begin with, and you never had control over your life because what's currently happening is. Uh, again, to come back to the example in, in Canada, you're not only getting banned from Twitter or deplatformed from YouTube, you're getting deplatformed from life. And this is, I think this will happen at an increasingly rate because it doesn't matter what your opinion is, <laughs> you know, given enough time, it will go contrary to, to what is accepted currently. And then you'll get deplatformed. And as we've seen in Canada, your bank account is going to be frozen and your insurance is going to get canceled and you, you will not be allowed to get a loan and you will lose all access to all finances. And just to pick China again as an example, you won't be allowed to buy train tickets or hotel tickets or plane tickets or anything like that. And yeah, this is this is a very like real scenario in many places of the world already. And luckily we have Bitcoin because you, as an individual, if you do the work and if you understand how Bitcoin works and if you like, you, you, you have to be able to, to yield, uh, to, to wield the knife kind of, you know, like Bitcoin is a very powerful tool and you have to learn how to use it. And if you use it correctly, then you can protect yourself from CBDCs and, and other such, such things. And so I hope that, um, you know, like, more and more people will realize that they have to kind of understand what's going on and they will have to learn how to use those tools. And I, I'm, I'm in general hopeful. I see more and more people waking up to this reality and hopefully more and more people will learn about Bitcoin and how to use it correctly. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, banishing people from the financial system, uh, for most people, people said, you know, a few years ago, that's a conspiracy theory. Uh, now, I mean, we're seeing it in Canada. We're seeing it all over the world. Yet, you know, you say people are learning. It seems to me people only learn the hard way. They learn when the bombs are dropping in the Ukraine. I mean, these people are lining. I can't believe so many people are lining up at the ATMs. They, we, there have been rumors of war for quite some time. And just some people are just very last minute about very important aspects of life. And now young men can't even leave the country. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting wacky out there. So I just, I, it's unfortunate that people really, they really learn when it hurts the most. And it, it, it's a shame it has to get to this point where, where it's gotten to and and it's getting there more and more all over the world. And the cool thing is if you're already in Bitcoin, I mean, you're, you're quite comfortable. <laughs> you, know, you know, these things don't, I mean, as as most people could tell, uh, I just, I, I, I don't like war, but it doesn't, this, this is not affecting me. I mean, I am... I got my Bitcoin insurance, man. Uh, so, Justine, we put a lot on the table there. <laughs> your your take on what what we've just been talking about and the situation in the Ukraine, anything? Well, I wish I had like a, a really intense counter argument, but um, you've picked two gentlemen as as uh, panelists here that I, I align very very closely with. Um, so, 
I very much echo what they said. I think it's a heartbreaking situation, but it's one that we sort of all knew was coming. Um, it's not the way that I wish Bitcoin adoption would happen, but I think that you guys hit it nail on the head there. Uh, people will use Bitcoin when they have to, and they will understand the value of it when they're pushed to no other choice. Um, some individuals, right? Bitcoin is a, a revolutionary tool. And if used correctly, you can uh, store your wealth in a way that you can't be cut off from it. Um, there are many individuals in Ukraine right now who are Bitcoiners who find themselves in really terrible situations, but they weren't standing in the ATM line, right? If they can get to safety, they at least can have their wealth and access to it, no matter what happens in a centralized entity of, of banking. Um, to touch on the Canadian thing, I mean, wow, right? I think uh, some people in the West were, were a little spoiled. Um, cases of financial censorship happen often, but they're usually case by case basis. We don't hear about them often. Just so to see it so widespread, I think was very eye opening for a lot of individuals um, to essentially be told, like, if you don't think the right thing, we're going to cut you off, not only from your job, from any access to public facilities, right, grocery stores. But oh, by the way, we're also going to cut you off from your money. Uh, that was that was heartbreaking, but also it opened a lot of people's eyes. I think we've seen a lot of people go, oh, okay, I get Bitcoin now. Like I get why this thing is, is useful. But now the next step is actually teaching individuals to use it in the way that is censorship resistant. Because we did see, you know, uh, Jesse from, from uh, Kraken and then also uh, Coinbase come out and say like, no, we can't protect you. Like move your funds to a place that you hold the keys. So I think there's still a lot of learning that needs to be done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I hate seeing it. Um, I hate seeing the world as it is currently, but I knew it was coming. Um, and Bitcoin is a tool that can help in certain ways and sort of allow us to sort of opt out where we're not having to partake in this sort of financial war and digital currencies that will just be used to control the people more. I think right now we're all controlled by our money. That's been the history over the last however many years, right? Like that's how the governments control their people. It's how they fund their terror and if you hold Bitcoin, you're, you're, you're stopping them from being able to do that. And in my opinion, that's the first step to opting out. So echo what the gentlemen are saying here. And yeah, I think Bitcoin's the tool to sort of turn society in a uh, more productive direction. You, you uh, briefly mentioned uh, third parties holding Bitcoin and how if there's third parties uh, hold your Bitcoin and the government wants it, uh, well, they're, they're gonna, the third party is going to give the government your Bitcoin. So uh, proper, uh, proper ways of storing your Bitcoin on this eight year anniversary of Mount Gox. It's odd, it's as if people haven't learned from, it was eight freaking years ago, yet we we still have uh, people uh, thinking their Bitcoin is safe at, at some exchange. But hey, we're gonna get into that in a second. I'm glad you uh, br briefly uh, brought that up. I do wanna go back to Brady. Is there anything else you wanted to say about your, uh, your theory? Uh, before we move on from, from the Ukraine and Russia or anything else you want to say about Ukraine and Russia and neutrality and everything? <laughs> Brady, you're muted again. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think you made a good point about states in, in the state you know system, the republic system that we have in the United States. Um, and, you know, as power has gradually but very surely accumulated uh, in Washington, we've come, become more of a federalist uh, system than an, sort of an anti-federalist republic system. Uh, we still have a lot of power in the states, and they can act as, um, as checks against uh, federal action in a lot of ways, including uh, adopting a technology uh, that the federal government may be um, you know, opposed to, if not 
explicitly now, or at least officially now, uh, they maybe in the future, if a state like Texas or, or Florida can kind of get out ahead of it and really build up an industry uh, around this technology uh, ahead of a potential like government's uh, decree of some sort of a law passing or an executive order or whatever, um, then, you know, yeah, the United States could be fine. There's, there's a lot of ways the United States could, could be fine in terms of Bitcoin. Uh, but I can also see it going the other direction as much more likely now after we've seen what's happened with um, with Canada and then Russia sort of, I think I expect them to embrace Bitcoin in a more official way um, in the coming year or two. And that sets it up for a political divide in this country. Once it becomes a, a partisan issue and it's kind of, you know, sort of tipping toward that direction right now. And I really think that that's a problem that we should fight against. But once it does, then, you know, it's it, it's difficult. Um in the United States, and it's going to be a battle, and it'll be hard for Bitcoiners. There'll be a lot of uh, a, a lot of political, um, you know, just speech. Almost, you know, what I'm saying is like uh, threats, almost uh, hate speech, almost against Bitcoiners um, and demonizing us. I mean, look what look what happened with this very peaceful civil disobedience that happened in Canada. They were vilified and demonized as racists and these terrible fascists and all of this. That, that I see that coming, um, probably for Bitcoiners. And I think that's more likely to happen in a country like the United States than it is in a country like Russia, for instance. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> Bitcoiners are going to be demonized. There's, there's no doubt about it. It's, it's, it's yeah. on the way. And it is becoming very partisan. And it is very unfortunate because it's ignorance. It's ignorance that Democrats blindly, some Democrats, blindly hate it just because Ted Cruz said something good about it. It, <laughs> mu it must be the devil because Ted Cruz said something good about it. That it's ignorance. It, it's terrible that it, it becomes part of. But it's true that that's that's how it goes. And so once it's embraced by a presidential candidate, uh, you know, for the other party, then it's like, you know, well, we're going to take this side of the issue and try to you know drive a wedge and and get our forty percent of the vote. Um, so I saw something interesting today or uh, last night actually. It was a it was a poll or a survey, you know, that was done uh, an official like political survey. So it was you know following. Uh, statistical methods and all of that. Uh, it was run by A16Z, uh, which is an absolute, you know, uh, altcoin <laughs> casino, uh, you know, supporter as we know, but they still ran this like st statistically significant survey. And apparently 60% of people who identify as liberals in the United States own some form of crypto. That may be mostly Ethereum. I don't know, but it's at least some exposure to crypto, you know? Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's a good sign there. That's a good, yeah, you know, it's a lot I, 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 another good sign was we're going to talk about eight years ago, how things were a lot different, but how things are still the same because people are keeping their, uh, more people are keeping their Bitcoin at third parties than, than back then, um, because there were so few people with Bitcoin back then. But I mean, Marty freaking Beck was on Tucker Carlson, dudes. I mean, this is, so people, <laughs> people are getting the word out there. Bitcoin is becoming, uh, it's, it's, it's trickling down to the masses, uh, Real quick, uh, we were talking about politics there. I don't know, uh, Justine. Do you have anything to say? You're you're in Texas sometimes, or you're you're associated with a company from Texas, uh, and you're you're it's it's Bitcoin's definitely becoming big down there, and you're hearing the politicians speak. Any 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 thoughts on the partisanship? I mean, I feel like Bitcoin's a tool that's powerful for everyone, and I really hate to see it becoming sort of a political tool. But I agree with Brady; it's going to happen. Um, it's unfortunate that we're so blinded by like this team. What team are you on? And you have to, you know, like whatever that team likes, we have to hate and so forth. Um, I do find it interesting when you find like the situation like Ukraine and Russia, where 
Bitcoin's being used to help Ukrainians, right? To, well, is trying to, to help uh, raise money for a fund, but also, oh, Russia could use it to avoid sanctions. So it's like, that's going to start to make people question like, oh, is it bad or is it good? It's being used for both here. And I hope as we go along, it's exposed that it can be used for good and bad. And that's kind of the point. Um, it can be used by anyone for anything. Um, but I do agree that it's, I'm not a huge fan. I, I love Ted Cruz being orange pilled and he's up there saying things about self custody and, and aspects that I really appreciate. But when he, he, you know, makes it very political, I'm like, eh, you know, like there, there's a lot of left leaning Bitcoiners. That's great. I welcome them. I may disagree with their politics and I may call them on that, but like, I'm glad that they're in Bitcoin and I'm glad that they're able to use it. So Yes, um, Texas is uh, becoming, you know, I have to show this, the Bitcoin capital of the world, right? Um, due to Parker and maybe Unchained Capital. And, and uh, I think it's part of the game. I personally find myself not on either side of the aisle, like I think many Bitcoiners do. So it's one of those things that it, it's going to be a tool used for bad and good. And I think it's also going to be used as a political tool. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to be demonized. Uh, it's just going to happen. I think we all know that it's unfortunate, but the world that we live in right now uh, if you don't follow the path you are demonized and we will be uh we will be not the uh the line steppers i guess or we will yeah anyway pound i don't know that, that like button yeah. pound that like button for neutrality um and yeah you bitcoiners will be demonized uh, all sorts of people are going to be demonized get yourself into the situation for when you get demonized that your bank account is not going to get frozen all right that that your assets are not going to get seized and that is having Bitcoin as your bank account, having Bitcoin as your assets. You, you're cool that way. Now, I'm not going to ask Gigi about uh, USA politics. I'm just going to read him this one thing. <laughs> Breaking socialist greens and left call for ban all a proof of work cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin in the European Union due to environmental concerns. Looks like leftist parties ban everything they do not understand. So I'm not going to ask you, what's your take on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, oh, there, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I, I, I want to, I want to kind of comment on on one thing, which is the neutrality question, because it comes up all the time, and I think it's, it's, it's very interesting what what it, what is playing out because it was um, kind of my suspicion for for the longest time, and I, I wrote about it a couple of years ago. The, the idea of Bitcoin is very political because the idea in, in, inherent in the idea itself is the separation of money and state. And that is a very political idea, you know, like the, that is not a neutral idea. But the network that Bitcoin opens up, the protocol itself is absolutely neutral and it can be used by, by anyone. But it's very, very much like the Internet, you know, like free access to information by anyone on Earth is a, is a kind of a political idea, you know, and also the printing press, you know, it's like it's not neutral. But, but anyone can can use it. So I, I would like to make this distinction that it's it's also not um, surprising to me that the, the people that would naturally gravitate more towards, you know, like smaller government and maybe, you know, a gold standard and those kind of things would, would align with Bitcoin earliest. But very similar to, you know, like the rise of the internet, it doesn't matter who you are, you will be forced to use it, period. You know, it's also with mobile phones, you know, like you will have to use it at one point in time or be excluded from society. It's like the, the with, with the internet, it was funny because, you know, like the, the New York Times and, and those kind of, like the, the, the big newspapers, they had no interest in, in, in going online. They, they you know, they were competing with blogs 
and 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 they wanted to continue to sell newspaper and and now everyone is a blob you know like you you're forced to <laughs> kind of play ball and the same will be true for bitcoin so so this is my you know like i i come from Politically speaking, I was uh, I used to be very very left leaning, so I, I sympathize with the people in the European Union that want to ban Bitcoin because you know in their in their frame of mind it's it's kind of useless and it just wastes all this energy and so on. And uh, as you as you rightly said, um, as you rightly said, Adam, it's it's it comes from a place of misunderstanding. You know, it's like it's it's very easy to to demonize bitcoin and it is also very easy to demonize bitcoin as you know like that's <laughs> you're speaking about how bitcoiners are going to be demonized you know as far as i'm concerned bitcoiners were always demonized you know it was it, it just moved from you know like darknet money and and you know like uh, just buying drugs and hitman and and all the rest of it to something else and now it's you know like supporting protesters that are labeled as terrorists and circumventing sanctions and so on and so forth. So, so, so Bitcoin is a demonized, yeah, always have been. And regarding the, the banning issue, I, I wrote a long piece on this because I, I saw this coming, you know, there were some, some people discussing this openly, some politicians uh, discussing ideas uh, on, on banning Bitcoin. And I, I wrote a piece called the implications of outlawing Bitcoin. And it goes through kind of the, um, like the nature of Bitcoin and the way the way it works, and the thing is, the thing about Bitcoin is that it's it's pure information. So if you ban Bitcoin, you by proxy also ban speech and free ex expression. And if you ban mining, for example, you ban mathematics. There is no other way around it. I can I can sit down, I can I can lock myself in the toilet with, you know, like with with with, with a coin, and just by flipping a coin a couple of times, I can generate a wallet, like no problem at all. I can sit down with 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 a with a piece of paper and a pen, and I can mine. I can mine Bitcoin. I can solo mine on on, on a piece of paper. You know, it's not very efficient, but I can actually do it. Am I am I going to prison because I solo mine on on a piece of paper? You know, like computers just make it more efficient, but they're not doing anything like that's weird. You know, like they're they're just doing math operations uh, really fast and I can do them really slow. And is, is it about how, how fast or how slow I mine? You know, like, is, is, is this going to get illegal? So, so, you know, the, let, let's, let's see how this all works out because <laughs> I think the current plan is to ban it by, you know, like um, 2025 or something like that. Um, let's see what happens in the next couple of years. 2025 with, with the current developments, 2025 is like 15 years out, you know, like that's what's currently happening. Things are accelerating. Let's see if the euro is still around in 2025. Let's see if the European Union is still around in 2025. Let's see how stable things truly are. Let's see how powerful they are. And let's see what kind of companies put Bitcoin on their balance sheets until 2025. And let's see how hard they lobby for Bitcoin. Because as far as I can tell, these kind of things are already happening. It's just not spoken about. But I would be very surprised if big companies in Europe are not holding Bitcoin already just as a hedge. And, and so, yeah, it's, I, I, <laughs> I don't believe in outlawing Bitcoin in, in the first place because I don't think you can do it. Like practically speaking, you can't enforce it. If it's if it's truly happening, then of course you know, like basically the European Union is just banning themselves from the Bitcoin network, which is you know a, a very bad move. And yeah, as you said in the beginning, life goes on. You know, the 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 more productive shall move to more productive jurisdictions and shall inherit the earth. As far as I'm concerned. Very good conclusion there. Pound that like button. All three of these people are linked to below. Gigi references writing. It's linked to below. Follow him on Twitter. There's all sorts of links there. Best freaking guest in the space I bring you every week here on This Week in Bitcoin. If you got questions, do a super chat. Type in Bitcoin Meister. 
We've raised money for the uh, next one Bitcoin show. We're getting close. Uh, I, I do uh, want to say with uh, what's going on in the world today and uh, talking about banning uh, the European Parliament, the people who, that, that want to ban uh, proof of work, uh, proof of work mining. Uh, it's it's all tied up with you know environmental concerns. I gotta say, uh, if the the price of gas goes up because of this whole Russian thing and uh, the, the, unable to you know Europe has you know gotten rid of nuclear energy and they're very dependent on the Russian oil. I don't know how this still could be like a, a legitimate point. You know, uh, you know we got to get rid of all our energy so We got to be worried about the energy so much that we just we bankrupt our, our, ourselves. I, I mean, it's not a legitimate excuse. If uh, I mean, if Russia now holds a major power over Europe because they don't have their own energy. So when, when we start, you know, trying to vilify uh, Bitcoin on the energy uh, edge there, I, I, I think this should be a big wake up. Most people are not logical, though. They're not they're not going to see the connection uh, if, if, if Europe and, and the rest of the world starts paying a lot of money. Uh, for energy because they, they refuse to create their own energy because they're trying to protect the world and they're getting it from some crazy dictator in, in, in the cold lands. And uh, that they, they didn't learn that you cannot become dependent on these wacky, uh, small-minded, small-men dictators uh, that try to, to make uh, points to their people by attacking outsiders. Anyway, okay, I went on, went on, went on a little rant there. Let, let's, let's get back to the, the news. Oh, and, uh, scapegoating and snitching, you know, blaming Bitcoin for everything. Of course, we're going to get more of it because scapegoating and snitching is, is cool. That's what the uh, uh, the mainstream media tells us today. You know, tell on your neighbors. Uh, it, it's quite, you know, blame other people for your own problems. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. Remember that, people. The mainstream culture is scapegoating and snitching. And uh, I'm glad I'm, I'm in the Bitcoin overlay and live in the, uh, the Vita Loca there. And, uh, you know, understands what personal responsibility is. All right. So let's go talk about personal responsibility. Back in the day, a bunch of people put their, uh, kept their Bitcoin at Mt. Gox. 700,000 Bitcoin lost eight years ago today. Well, that was actually yesterday. Uh, learning from the fall of Mt. Gox. There's an article about that at Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, at the same time, a regulator in Canada wants crypto exchanges not to promote self-custodial wallets. <laughs> so so has the lesson really been learned uh people you know, the governments canada does they don't want people to have a soft they don't want people to have real wallets having a wallet at mount gox or having a wallet at coinbase that's not a real wallet dudes okay it's not your bitcoin anymore and that is the true lesson of mount gox for me i don't care about the numbers anymore how much was lost and that some people haven't gotten it back or whatever the, the, the point of the whole exercise that people should have gotten was it's not your keys, not your coin yet, yet more and more people. I mean, people have asked me through the years, well, it's insured at Coinbase. So why shouldn't I keep it there? And I mean, now you see with Canada, why you shouldn't keep it there. If the Canadian government asked uh, Coinbase uh, for your, for your Bitcoin, what you, they're going to give it to them. So, uh, Justine, your thoughts on self-custody <laughs> and Mt. Gox. Any memories of Mt. Gox? Any thought on, on Mt. Gox? It's before my time, um, but I, I think uh, anyone who 
knows me, I, I think self-custody is vital. Um, I think it's not that it's the whole entire point of Bitcoin, but if you're not self-custodying your Bitcoin, you don't own Bitcoin. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it's hard to grasp why it's important and maybe they don't trust themselves, right? So it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose it. So, you know, a company like Coinbase or someone, they're going to be better at storing it for me. If they mess it up, they'll cover it. Uh, but they don't think of like how much control that does give the government or the exchange, right? The exchanges mess up. Um, they, you know, maybe your account gets hacked because you picked a terrible password, right? Like there's so many things that could occur. Um, but I think what we're seeing currently is how governments still have access to that money, even if you're using something like Bitcoin that has all this financial freedom, sovereignty properties to it. But if you're not using it properly, you're not getting those benefits, right? So it's sitting on an exchange, you think you're benefiting, and then maybe the government comes across and doesn't like what you're doing, doesn't like what you're buying, doesn't like what websites you've been visiting. And it tells Coinbase to, you know, lock out your account, and they'll do so they, they have to legally, right? Uh, they're a financial institution practicing in the United States of America, and they will do what the government tells them. So I think it's a really unfortunate thing that people don't quite grasp like the, the huge huge importance of self-custody and they will learn when they have to. And I think Canada is a huge um, eye-opening. I know we kind of talked about this before. Eye-opening experience for a lot of people to say, oh crap, like I don't think those truckers did anything wrong. Even if I don't agree with what they're saying, you know, they didn't do anything that would need their accounts to be shut down. They're not doing anything illegal. Um, and so I think for a lot of people, they're learning why self-custody is vital. Uh, I think Mt. Gox is a, a great example of why that's necessary, but we can go back before that. We can go back before Bitcoin was around, right? Like the government confiscated your gold. The government said, hey, no, you can't have this anymore. And by the way, the IOUs we gave you, you can't really redeem those anymore. So it's something that's, that's not new. Um, having the ability to store your wealth in a way that it can't be inflated or confiscated is revolutionary. And to be, to be able to do it in such an easy way where you can memorize a few words and go anywhere with it is, is I, it's like, it's phenomenal, right? There's no words to explain how revolutionary that is. It's mind blowing. And so I think a lot of people just don't get it yet. They're like, oh, cool. This is this crypto thing, right? Like, oh, I'm going to hold some on my wallet on Coinbase. And they just don't get it yet. Um, I think there's a lot of education out there, but I think moments like this, um, moments like Ukrainians standing in the ATM lines and banks being closed, uh, we've seen it all over the world of this occurring that it's, it's starting to become more uh, obvious of why having an asset that you can't be cut off of is, is uh, needed, but also that using it properly is also needed. And that's, that's a learning, learning lesson for a lot of people. And it's a, it's a big learning curve too in Bitcoin. But um, yeah, I think it's vastly important. If I may tag on to this very quickly, I think one of the main problems with that is at least in my opinion uh, and by, by experience kind of, that purely intellectual understanding is not enough. You really have to do it and use Bitcoin and have a ton of your net worth <laughs> rolled up in Bitcoin and hop over an, a border and, and do something with it that you, you would not be able to do otherwise. And then you can begin to understand, you know, like there, there, there's, there are certain things where you actually have to do it and you actually have to participate and you actually have to do it a couple of times and get good at it and get comfortable with it that you really understand that you really that it really hits home and that you really understand okay if i do this properly no one can take these bitcoin away from me you know like these sets are mine period and, and they can you know like 
all they can do is, is is kill me and then it's a donation to the to the network you know like that's <laughs> that, no but that's that's like i i'm i because i see this all the time that people kind of understand how it works but they never did it and so so i feel like they they, they truly do not understand it like they they <laughs> it's it's not purely an an intellectual endeavor to to understand bitcoin you you need to have skin in the game you need to be experienced and and ha and have a little bit of practice in, in using it and so on and then you truly grasp it and i also think then then there is no going back like I, i'm not going back to a regular old you know bank account or what have you that's just that's not in the cards and uh i think um, it that's why it takes a while that's why understanding bitcoin takes a while you know it takes courage and it takes experience and it takes time and it, it depending on on your risk appetite you know like people need a little bit more hand holding and a little bit uh, of a, a longer learning and onboarding period but it's coming you know like as, as we said before or as, as you said adam you know like it's uh, people will have to learn through pain and i think uh I, I heard uh, Svetsky say it for, for the first time uh, like a year or two ago where, you know, there's only two ways people learn. It's either curiosity or pain. And I feel like the the, the days of curiosity are, are numbered currently, you know, like yeah. a, a lot of people have to learn through pain now. Gigi, very good, very good point about the theoretical. You, I mean, you could be the biggest genius in the world, understand all these theoretical situations and, uh, you know, you need a hardcore slap in the face sometimes. So that the Mt. Gox story is just a theoretical story for people. It should be a very scary story. I mean, <laughs> again, the, yeah. the lesson is obvious. But if you didn't, the people who lost their uh, money at Mt. Gox, they know that they, they, they understand the importance of what happened eight years ago. Um, but uh, but again, it, it's I guess it's just the, it's, it's too theoretical for, for, yeah. for, for most and people. And it's also, you know, Adam, you know how how internet time works differently than uh, real life time and, and Bitcoin time is even faster than internet time. So eight years ago, it's like three generations and you need three generations to forget world events, you know. So I feel like there it's aren't true. too many people, wow. there aren't I too mean, many like, people around that still wow. remember how it was. Wow. People make yeah. excuses. You know, like people make excuses still. I, I've posted things about self-custody on Twitter and somebody will come in and be like, that's just silly. You know, we're not in Mount Gox times anymore. For most people, it's just easier. Not, and it's just like, wow, we've we've already forgotten. Like we've already yeah. forgotten yeah. why yeah. this is vital. And um, so, yeah, I think for sure I want to echo what what uh, Gigi said about doing there's I've I've helped so many people do their first Bitcoin transaction. It's such an amazing moment where they think they get Bitcoin and you're walking them through like the technical aspects and you're doing a transaction, you're verifying the addresses and you're doing these things. And there's this moment, right? It's like they start to get it in a completely different way that they never did before. So totally, yeah. I think you don't really see it until you start actively yeah. doing it. Um, totally agree. Absolutely. And regarding the, the self-custody problem, you know, I think we are in the exact same situation that we have been with Mt. Gox, but it's not individuals anymore. It's the really big players, you know, very, very few of the really big players are self-custodying their Bitcoin. And this is a big, big problem as far as I'm concerned, you well, know, and we, we are just one rock pull away from, you know, like a second Mt. Gox. Well, that's what I, I've always predicted. There is going to be something bigger than Mt. Gox. So you're saying it's going to happen at the institutional level. Some institution is going to get, lose all their Bitcoin. I mean, it's set up for it, right? Like yeah. uh, we know we know for a fact that a lot of the big players, they, uh, you know, like they are not self-custodying. And I, I also, to be fair, you know, like it is, it is, um, it is, 
the the larger your organization the more involved it is you know like it's it's you have uh, multiple stakeholders you have the bus factor you know what happens if everyone hops on the plane and the plane crashes and you know like all all, all the important people are gone and they're like this is this is a problem that needs to be solved and uh, a lot of people are currently working on on solving this and uh, i really like revolt's approach for example they're working on an open source like protocol based solution where you can utilize time locks and those kind of things to 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 build a, a really solid custody solution for for large organizations and large stakeholders but currently we are in we don't have this yet we don't have it rolled out most solutions are you know like if it's a multi-sig then you're already super super lucky you know like we, <laughs> we know for a fact that a lot of large holders use very outdated custody solutions you know it's like a, a, a single sig uh, legacy addresses and so on and uh, this is just set up for disaster you know and it can be a tactical failure it can be a human failure it can be theft it can be you know uh, you know some, someone who has access to these keys and and i mean we've seen it before you know like with uh, quadriga and so on like it's not the first time where, where someone where we are not sure if you know did this person really die and where the keys lost or is he in you know with a changed identity somewhere else and this can still happen and i i fully expect it to happen going forward we'll see how big the the fallout will be uh, i want to bring up something that really hit me that you said Gigi, that i never really thought of before about in in real time after three generations people forget and it 2014 is like three generations ago in yeah, bitcoin time it is and it is sickening it is sickening <laughs> that human beings are like that yeah and you're you're forget. a grandpa you're the bitcoin grandpa Adam. You have to realize that. <laughs> i am i am and i'm going to talk like a grandpa like my grandpa would a, a, blessed, a blessed memory you know that three in three in the, in the real world people forget what happened in germany in the 1940s yeah. and it's disgusting it's disgusting all this stuff that's been going down with the virus that's similar to classify people people were classified as viruses back then and and you see how people are being classified as viruses now and it and and that it goes on in the bitcoin ecosystem too that oh no it didn't really Matt Gox wasn't that bad or it, it, it's <laughs> it, 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 it's the same it, it, you really make a great point about the three generation things and uh, that we've really went through three generations here. And I just, I, humanity, you got a problem with this three generation, you know, why, why? short-term memories, you short-term thinkers, be a 20, uh, long, be a long-term thinker, dudes. That, that's that's more than a saying, guys. I really lived that. I know what happened in the forties. I know, I see the let, you know, just because something happened a long time ago doesn't mean it's not valid anymore. <laughs> History repeats itself. Be careful, dudes. I, all right, uh, Brady, your, your, your thoughts on, on Mount Gox and everything we've been talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a really important learning lesson for me. I, I, I Like Justine is before my time. I came in 2017. Um, but I found it really interesting. I remember Peter McCormick did a, did a series toward the beginning of his work on what Bitcoin did, where he went to Japan and, and uh, you know, did a, did a series on the whole story. I watched that uh, just absolutely like rapt attention like i love history and i love to learn like everything about his, like bitcoin you know history before i was around and so that certainly like stands out to me um i think that's a good case like this sort of short-term thinking three generation like kind of losing sight of history and the lessons of history and cycles repeating and all that stuff is absolutely true but i think the way we fight it is with education and um and making that kind of content is important and i think we need to resurface that stuff more often for people like on days like this like hey you want to really like learn what happened here's some of the best resources to understand what really went down and um it's it's a fascinating story 
and certainly could happen. I mean, these obviously Mount Gox was just a dumpster fire in terms of like the technical implementation and like stuff that was going on there, total incompetence. But and there's there's uh, you know, it, it's been industrialized, professionalized at this point. The custody has so it's it's much better. You know, practices most you know 99.5% of Bitcoin or 95% is is kept in deep cold storage and like there's just some that's brought in for liquidity on any given day, et cetera, et cetera. So like. There's good practices now, and it's much less likely that, it, that an exchange will get hacked. But it is still quite likely that you will get social engineered. <laughs> like, look what happened to the Bit, you know Bitfinex people. So your individual you know account is very vulnerable if you're holding your uh, money on Coinbase, um, even if you're holding money, your money on Swan. Like, if your account is social engineered, they get access to those funds. They'll send them away, and it's gone. Um, so you know that's why we encourage people to hold you know hold their own keys. Gigi wrote the part of our um, our system, our app, where you can, um, we'll, we'll grab a bunch of addresses from your XPUB. And just important note, it doesn't ever go over the network. Your XPUB doesn't. But we'll grab a set of addresses and stick them into, you know, database on the app. And we'll say, like, you know, automatic withdrawals happen with a fresh address every single time, which is, like, more, you know, best privacy practices and encouraging people to take control of their keys. There's no withdrawal fees on Swan. There never will be because we want people to take control of their keys. Uh, so... Um, it's, an, it's incredibly important, and we believe that as a, as a company as well. And the fact that two CEOs of big uh, Bitcoin exchanges in the United States were essentially threatened by the Canadian government uh, for tweeting out, basically saying, like, we think it's important to hold your own keys, essentially. That's all they said, uh, you know, and they were threatened. So, like, we're clearly seeing uh, part of a playbook that will be coming, and uh, they'll threaten industry leaders, they'll threaten Bitcoiners, who are espousing privacy practices and and uh, self sovereignty, and uh, that, that's definitely coming. Every attack that can be made will be made against Bitcoin and Bitcoiners. So we're just really entering in earnest the then they fight you phase, and everyone needs to sort of wake up from the fun, pump my bags meme, you know, Bitcoin Twitter days. Like those are those are over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, 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 Adam, but uh, just to quickly tag on on this um, because I wanted to mention it before as well. You know, like I, I think you know <laughs> everyone who has been in Bitcoin for a while, Bitcoiners always, always have been fighting about absolutely everything all the time. And I, I mentioned multiple times in the past, you know, like enjoy this, enjoy this while while it's still kind of inconsequential, you know, while 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 we are still living in peacetime, you know. And mm -hmm. I think this is this is very rapidly changing. And uh, Bitcoin entered the political uh, stage in a, in a very big way. And now, yeah, now the, the the rubber meets the road. And this means for you personally, individually, you have to learn how Bitcoin works, and you have to learn how to take control of your keys. You have to. You have to go over your setup. You have to make sure that you know what you're doing. You have to, you know, like upgrade your setup and and just find out how, how like, <laughs> how you can defend yourself from all kinds of scenarios. And this is a, a long and hard and painful process, of course, for most people. But it's it definitely needs to be done. You know, like Adam, as you're saying, it's it's about personal responsibility and and just taking this personal responsibility and and getting after it. You know, like the the, the fun and peaceful times are over and i think you know like <laughs> the, the times where bitcoin twitter was like 200 people it's, it's also over and <laughs> now it's it's but it's also you know like let's reflect for for a minute how wild it is that ted cruz goes on the stage and and, and reads a letter from hugo you know who who read like he he he's behind nunchuck of course and he wrote amazing pieces back in the day on on proof of work and how essentially it is and and how proof of stake uh, can never work and those kind of things and and now he is you know like broadcast uh, <laughs> across the political 
sphere, his words are, are echoed everywhere, basically. And it's it's all going down, you know, it's all happening. And as you said, you know, Marty appearing on, on Tucker and absolutely crushing it, you know, and, and not not losing a beat, even though, you know, he was introduced as as the creator of Tales from the Crypto. I, I had yeah. to giggle. <laughs> I had to giggle <laughs> like a child for like two minutes. <laughs> so shout out to Marty. What was he introduced as? I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the, like the, the host or the, the, the founder of Tales from the Crypto. Oh, kills from the crypto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he kept his cool. Oh, you dude, know, and, I can and, imagine. <laughs> I can imagine Matt really yeah. giving him a hard time for that because he's been wanting. Matt's been wanting them to rebrand for a long time because that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a meme at this point, so yeah, I think the exactly. name has to stay. But uh, you know, Marky did such a great job because you, you just have to remind people, and you really have to drive home the point all the time that you know what what this happened what. What is currently happening, all of that is true, you know, like Bitcoin accounts are being frozen and so on. But if you hold your own keys, and that's the beauty of Bitcoin and it's the power of Bitcoin, then you cannot be unbanked, you know, you cannot be deplatformed. And so you have to unbank yourself before, you know, other people want to unbank you. That's the trick. Uh, well, this is the thing. I, I think uh, people will be convinced that self-custody is for terrorists. I, 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 people are so gullible this, these days that, uh, I mean... You're going to be branded a bad person if you keep your own Bitcoin. You, know, you should you should keep it at the third party. So be careful, people. The pressure yeah. campaign is already starting uh, with Candace. Yeah. We don't we don't like exchange people saying that self custody is is okay. Yeah. So but again, I think uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think we have to we have to counteract this just with pure facts and education. We have to educate the leg legislators and the politicians as well. You know what does self custody mean? Self custody means that I have 12 words in my head or written down somewhere. If that is illegal, we are entering very strange territory, you know? And it doesn't have to be 12 words, you know? Like it can be a small USB stick-like thingy. It can be like a QR code that you put somewhere. It can be an image. You can encode information in a million different ways. I can come up with a song and this is my private key, you know? Like, is, am I not allowed to remember a song for me and my family, you know? Like right, are you yeah, you're, you're banning yeah. speech and you're banning thought. And, and this is what this this is yeah. what they are talking about. And we have to we have to educate le legislators about this fact of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is just information. Your private key, what they call a self-hosted wallet is just 12 words. Get it into your fucking brains. I mean, it's 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 absolutely maddening that this is not landing, you know, and this is true. It is literally true. The wealth is in these 12 words. It's not somewhere else. It's not a password to your bank account. That's not what it is. These 12 words are your wealth. It's equivalent, you know? So you can have Bitcoin in your head and it's these 12 words. And if I'm not allowed to remember 12 words, I don't want to live in this society. You know, this is definitely not a free society. And, and I think a lot of legislators, once they understand this, will agree with me. And so it's yeah. our job to educate them. Yeah, I mean, the analogy well, and, is... And I Go ahead, Justine. Go ahead, I can say, no, I can hold it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, just real quick. This is probably a topic for another day, but you know, Warren Davidson had like uh, put it forward this bill. It's like keep your coins, right, to sort of give people the right to self custody, which is comical. Uh, Mark Moss and I were talking about this the other day. It's comical that in the land of the free, we need a bill to tell us that we can <laughs> hold our own money, right? Um, but it is good to see that there are some people sort of understanding the importance of that and trying to push it forward. So I was just going to add that thought in. Adam, just make a note for that for a future show. We can all come back and rant about it. Well, we we, I, we actually <laughs> mentioned it on the last show because it was news last oh, week. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. We, we Perfect, mentioned it on the last yeah. show, but then he was doing it. At least there's someone out there who's who's, who's logical in, in the Congress. That, But it is a shame that it, 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 
it has to come to that. It's it's a that should be the default right there. That that's that's yeah. a default. That's exactly my point, you know, and these 12 words, they're just representing a large number. So is it illegal now to have a large number in your home? Is it illegal to remember a, a large number? You know, there, there are people that can, that can keep those large numbers in, in their head. You can train yourself to do that, you know. Am I a criminal just because I, I do like, you know, some, <laughs> some, some remembering in my head? It's, it's, it's all comical, you know, like it's all a, a separate law shouldn't be needed. Either I'm allowed to 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 speak and to think, or or I am not. And uh, well, this this is what we're talking about. But yeah, the the analogy is. I mean, this has happened before. Speaking of cycles, right, is with PGP, and uh, you know, the code was uh, printed on T-shirts and and yeah. books and and stuff like that, and worn around just to prove that this is just these are just words. Yeah. It's just language, yeah. and you can't outlaw language because of the First Amendment in the United States. And this, uh, and, this particular and, uh, war was yeah. won because of the First Amendment, because they printed yep. it in a book and published this book. And I think we we will have to, we will be forced to do similar things in Bitcoin, because yep. you you can you can absolutely print a transaction in the book and send it. You know, like you can absolutely do this. You can also mine manually again. You know, like you can you can mine on a typewriter. And I think <laughs> this is the, the the lengths that we have to go through to to drive this point home. Real, real quick. About Warren Davidson, real quick. He's he obviously knows what's coming down the line from his uh, colleagues that someone is going to try to make it, it illegal to, yes. to hold your own private key. I mean that that's what that foreshadows right there. Okay, sorry, Brady, keep going, Dave. Yeah, it's clearly coming. Um, well, Gigi just hit on this again on uh, what's apparently become his hobby of handcrafted hash. So one of the most important stories I think of the week was uh, is about a Portland startup that uh, called Hash and Moon that was uh, created to mine artisanal Bitcoin using only slide rules and graph paper. Um, <laughs> so just a little bit from the press release. Dedicated crypto mining computers use as much electricity in one year as the entire country of Argentina. Our approach gets back to the basics. Using bearded mathematicians sitting at desks cranking out answers to artificial problems powered 100% by avocado <laughs> toast, ethically sourced kombucha, and acai bowls. <laughs> There you go. That's so, the, uh, the European Union, they, they will be on board with that. <laughs> handcrafted artisanal hash. Anyway, you might, Gigi might uh, want to apply for a position there. That's good right there. Put, put, put it in that perspective. It is environmentally friendly, all you environmental <laughs> freaks out there. And also going back to the third parties, just assume your third party is practicing fractional reserve lending, okay? They don't really have everything there. That'll make you uh, more likely to, to learn how to uh, hold your own Bitcoin, okay? It, it, assume the worst of a third par party. Don't trust, you know, a, a, as we say here. Okay, any, uh, any other thoughts on, on, on this uh, Mt. Gox? We, we went down a rabbit hole there, but it was uh, very good. Uh, all right, I, I, I want to read real quick what I got to read about uh, – Bitcoin 2022 is the largest Bitcoin event ever that takes place April 6th and 9th in Miami Beach, Florida. All four days will be packed with exclusive content, exciting announcements, and an incredible lineup of expert Bitcoin speakers. What else? We, we got uh, day one is industry day for those who are looking to build a, a better uh, a Bitcoin business or career. Day two and three are Adam Meister days. No, you're going to be able to see me there on day two and three are general conference days featuring speakers like El Salvador Presidente Naiba Bukele and Jordan Pearson is going to be there. Uh, uh, Naib, by the way, promises a big surprise. We got Senators uh, Senator Loomis is going to be there, Jack Mallers, Adam Back, all these sorts of people. The conference uh, caps off 
with the world's large, uh, first and largest Bitcoin music festival, Sound Money Festival, that's on the fourth day, headlined by some rappers and people that I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's fine. It's cool if you like that. Last year's conference, and we're going to talk about that right now, sold out. And this year's is on pace to be three times larger. That means there might be like 30,000 people down there, dudes, including me. So make sure you grab your tickets before it's too late. Visit b.tc slash conference to learn more. Uh, pay in Bitcoin. I don't like to do that. To say and use promo code ADAM10 for 10% off. And I will see you in Miami. It's linked to below. Ticket prices are going to increase on March 18th. That's really soon. I saw all three of these dudes that are on my show right now. I, 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 I met them all in person for the first time there in Miami. It, it was awesome. We had a rocking time. I heard that uh, that Gigi actually uh, got naked at one point or so. I, I, I'm hearing rumors. So you, you said you're going to keep it family friendly. What's up with uh, you? Yeah, well, yeah, but you're not going to expose you. I mean, uh, will you be there again? Will your schlong be there in Miami this year? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, um, I have the tickets, so there's that. <laughs> But uh, as you know, uh, it's not exactly easy to travel, and I've uh, a lot of other things going on as well. So um, I would, I, I wouldn't put a very high percentage on it. But let's see. You know, things are changing all the time very quickly. So I, I'm, I'm not saying no just yet. Okay. So I have, I have hashed Gigi into twelve words, and will be carrying him with me in my head. So, but awesome. you do have the ticket. Uh, you do have the ticket. So if 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 America insane and lets people from where you are in, and I don't know if they do, you know, you, you've got your principles. You're not gonna, you know. You're not going to submit, so that is good. Um, all right, good. I, I hope to see you there again. I'm excited about it. Obviously, it was me. Might be saved. You can. You can. My streaming is on. All right. All right. We are still. We are still going. Uh, hang on. Are we <laughs> still? Yeah, we're still here. This yeah, is yeah. excellent. I think it's like DG Slong broke the internet. That's what's happening. Yeah. It was just, it was just, <laughs> I, I, the I, idea does not compute. This is the don't talk about the phallus. All right. So let's, we're not going to talk about phalluses. <laughs> Justine, are you going to be there this year? Are you going to be? It was a, great to meet you. It was so good to meet you too. And yes, I, I actually met Gigi there in an awesome fashion. He wasn't naked, but it was still good. Um, and oddly <laughs> enough, I feel like I've known Brady forever, but I think that was the first time we met as well. Um, so yes, I will be there this year. I wasn't sure if I was going to be, but it's worked out. So I hope to see you all there. And Gigi, I hope that Brady can um, smuggle you in inside of his head because that would be epic. So I got some, I got, I got to come up with a, with a good mnemonic uh, for it. Yeah. Maybe we can come. Now, now we got a question from the audience. Jay Lee Porter said, Adam, will you be in Miami conference? I can fly over from Mexico. Of course I'm going to be there, baby. I've been, I've been promoting this thing every week. You're going to be able to touch my, my hair. Now, Jay Lee Porter, you're going to, if you're going to be at the Miami conference, I guarantee every single person will remember you. I mean, that's just the way you live your life. Uh, Jay, Jay Lee Porter is seven foot three. He is the tallest man in all of Bitcoin. One of the tallest human beings on the face of the earth right now. So let's go to uh, Brady. Are you going? I, so I hope to, I hope to see you, meet you in person, uh, Jay Lee Porter, and you could you could palm my freaking head and pick me up. Um, <laughs> all right, now, now uh, Brady, are you going to be there in Miami? Well, yeah, of course, okay. absolutely. I'm not going to miss one. Uh, Maybe probably forever at this point. Uh, I'll make a commitment. <laughs> I'll be in every one of them. The, the, thing uh, about, the thing about Justine being there, you Justine, you said Texas is the capital of Bitcoin. By being in Florida, you're you're helping. You know, these people in Florida think they're the, they're the capital of Bitcoin. So it's may the best uh, state mm -hmm. win here. 
I, I like this. I like. I support competition. I support competition. I just know that Parker is, uh, he's a beast, man. So I, I'm going to, and of course you'll, he'll like, you know, beat me up or something. If I, if I say anything else is the capital, <laughs> the capital of the world. So uh, I think Austin has a super strong community, um, but I love seeing all the communities pop up. Uh, I, yeah, I think decentralized, I know it's a, a you know, terrible word to use in this situation, but communities all over. And I, I love the, uh, love being able to travel around and go to the different bit devs and the different meetups everywhere. So that's, yeah, it's perfect. So Florida, um, you can keep your humidity. Um, Texas could keep their humidity too, though. But I, yeah, I'm looking forward to Florida and Unchained's going to have a huge presence there as well again. So it'll be a good time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it should be very, very exciting. And, uh, Jordan Peterson, all these people. All right. All right. So let's, uh, let's move on from, uh, so you're going to be able to meet all of us dudes, all, all of us that you're seeing right here. You're, you're going to be, uh, well, maybe not Gigi, but who knows? You, you get the point, dude. I'll, right, I'll, so I'll be there in spirit. That's for sure. Dude, I hope no you're doubt. there physically, man. This is crazy that if you won't be, okay. Okay. It's, it's, it's going to be, a, where is, a, where is Gigi might be the most uttered phrase amongst Bitcoiners <laughs> at the conference. I mean, we might be. No, no one the, knows. As a new we can make some T-shirts. Yeah, we're, we're that's talking. a good idea. That needs just, to happen. Just put some people in like full body green suits, and I'll be everywhere. <laughs> there you go. It'll be like the Thomas Crown affair. Let's get. We, we would get. We would conclude here. We would wrap this thing up. There were two news stories uh, that I want to talk about. You know, people panicked over the, the Russia thing and everything. And they didn't learn their lessons from when people panicked over the virus thing that Bitcoin all you know doesn't care about these macro events. But I will say this: there was news uh, this week that should have made people really bullish. I mean, Coinbase made a lot more money than people expected, and Block did well also. So I mean, people are buying cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> life is life is going on. So. I like. I, I think it's a. I think it's very positive. Uh, I know everyone. People have issues with Coinbase. People don't have as many issues with Block, but people are buying Bitcoin. All right, that is a real thing. Some little man in Russia being angry and throwing bombs. This is this destruction. We we got some real production here when people are, are buying. So I I don't know. Uh, Brady, you're you're in the business. What, what what's your thought on these economic numbers coming out of these uh, two uh, these two companies? in the space, major companies in the space. Yeah. It's bullish. It's good to see. Um, I, 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 I'd like to see Bitcoin only companies chew into those numbers a little bit more. Um, and so that's, you know, one of our goals and it's, uh, we have, I think the Bitcoin only industry is, you know, it's firmly established at this point. I mean, you know, it's like, at least we have a foothold, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's like uh, it, there's there's a good coalition of us and um, it's it's really great to see. I'd like to see us uh, eat away at their, you know, portion of the sales volume <laughs> uh, in a significant way, because I, I mean, I just think it's extremely important. People aren't, you know, less people get scammed and let's, you know, decrease the lives of these shit coins that are just like, you know, being basically given oxygen and fed and a place to live and a warm bed to sleep in at all these exchanges. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's not good. It's not good for consumers. It's not good for Bitcoin. It's not good for, you know, just the future of monetary system of the world in general. I'll say this again, there are these people, weak hands out there. They see Putin, 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 sell, sell, sell. I mean, this is, these are real numbers here that buy, 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 because people are clearly buying. And, 
So, I, I, Justine, you're in the industry too. What, what do you think about these industry numbers? You, you're, your business is doing great. Yeah, yeah, our business is doing great. Um, I think there's sort of this 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 thing occurring in the world that they're seeing the dollar being inflated. Uh, insanely, and their their life savings is dwindling away. One thing we've seen, and I'm sure Brady has as well. I know you guys do a little bit with IRAs. Is a huge number of individuals pulling their IRA out of the the legacy market, as we'll call it, and put it into Bitcoin, which I love to see, especially in a way that they're holding their own keys. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's only a matter of time. I sort of these huge huge companies are getting into Bitcoin, right? You got you got boomers getting into Bitcoin. You got everybody's getting into Bitcoin. People are really waking up. So. I think it's extremely bullish. I think it's just the beginning. Um, I think that you can't stop it. It's it's like this runaway train at this point, right? It's too late to stop. So you either have to get on board or um, like stand on the track and it's going to run you over. Um, so yeah, I definitely seen an increase in traffic. I love, love, love that at Unchained, you know, one of the things that we do is help people hold their keys in a multi-sig setup where they hold the quorum of keys, but they still get access to financial help. Um, or services, I should say, from a centralized entity. And one thing I'm seeing is most of the individuals who walk through our concierge onboarding, which is like helping you set up a device. What is a key? What is a seed phrase? Helping you through all of that. Many times it's people who are like, I get Bitcoin. I, I get why. I get that I need to self-custody, but I just don't, I don't get it. How do I do that? So many times our customers, it'll be their first time holding, holding their own keys. Um, Many times I'm helping clients move funds off Coinbase. I have like this internal number. And I made a joke once that every time I help a client move their funds off Coinbase, an angel gets their wings, right? Like it is something extremely gratifying to see these people go like, this is important and I just need, I need help, right? I need education. Um, so yeah, really proud of, of Brady and the team there as well as Gigi. Education is empowerment. And I think it's great how much education there is in this space from a content level, very different than when I got here. Um, so I think it's only a matter of time. And I think these companies get it. I agree with Brady that I wish it was um, companies that weren't sort of helping the problem. Um, but I think it's bullish overall. Okay. Uh, Gigi, your, your take on uh, Coinbase and uh, companies growing in the space, uh, making real money here. Yeah, I think I think um, the differentiation continues between Bitcoin only and crypto, or between Bitcoin and crypto, and I think both uh, you know like <laughs> both numbers will go up because as things destabilize again, uh, coming back to the sovereign indiv individual thesis, this will just continue to happen, and a lot of people are gonna go into gambling. We saw this in Weimar Germany as well. You know, like it's just okay, the current system is falling apart. Money in the bank is like not worth anything anymore, and they can seize it and freeze it at, at any moment. So people will go to the Coinbase's uh, and the Krakens of the world. You know, like these these shitcoin casinos, they exist for a reason, and the numbers, you know, prove the point. It's like the 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 amount of revenue they made just by transaction fees alone. It's like absolutely ridiculous. You know, it's bonkers, and it's it's very much like in a casino. You know, the house always wins, and this is what's what's currently going on there. But I'm. I'm super bullish in general also on, on, on the other side, you know, like not on the speculation side, but on the, on the saving and hard, hard money, hard asset side, because this is understood by more and more people and not only individuals, you know, and I think the more down to earth you are, the easier it is to understand. So I'm, I'm super happy about a lot of, you know, regular plebs and just blue collar workers getting into Bitcoin, starting accumulating Bitcoin and so on. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we, we need, you know, like, as one Bitcoin in, in every single country and, and just, you know, helping everyone 
um, you know, stack as, as hard as they can because kind of, you know, I, I feel like time is running out. So <laughs> you want yeah. you want to accumulate Bitcoin and you want to hold your own keys. So I think that's what, what this is about. And I'm super bullish because, you know, we see, we see um, you know, we see companies like Fidelity coming out with a Bitcoin first thesis and laying it out in a really, really solid way that, you know, this is different. You know, we have Bitcoin, which is a hard asset, which is, which is savings technology, so to speak. And we have crypto, which is speculation, which is, you know, like that's um, a, a very, a very different asset class. And more and more people are, are going to realize this. And as time goes on, I think also, you know, the, the Bitcoin only thesis will win out just given enough time. It's it's just historically, it has been true. If you look at the coin market cap of a couple of years ago, you you won't recognize the coins that are listed there mostly. And, and the churn will just continue, you know, like some, some new casino tokens will come online and people will FOMO into it and it will, you know, we went straight from ICOs to NFTs and all the rest of it. And people like to gamble, it is what it is. But I think, yeah, I think it's bullish in that sense that everyone agrees that the legacy system is toast. You know, like I think <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're into Bitcoin or into crypto or into NFTs, you, 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 will, you will have to agree that, you know, like Chase Bank and all the rest of it, like that's, that's outdated and no one will want to go back. But the thing is, they're going to update it to CBDCs. Uh, so our legacy system is going to change for the worse uh, very, very soon. I think, I think and, and, and you'll log into your CBDC with your NFT, I guess. But uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you, you can miss me with that. <laughs> always bet on Bitcoin, people. If you're, you know, we talk about gambling and always bet on black, always bet on Bitcoin. All right. So let's let's wrap this up real quick with the uh, just one story I, I wanted to mention about this uh, homeless person in the, the Netherlands uh, living in, in the airport in Amsterdam uh, using the Lightning Network to get tips and raising quite quite a lot of Bitcoin. It was from Bitcoin Magazine. I think it's, it's a feel good story. And it just reminds you that dimes and pennies can add up real quickly. Um, and so if you're really hungry out there and, you, you know, you, you can set up your lightning wallet and, and be a beggar if you need to. Yeah. This is a, it's, it's disintermediation of the whole uh, charity uh, situation I, I got from this uh, article. I, I, I thought it was, I mean, it, it sucks to be homeless, obviously, but uh, we live in a technological golden age here where, uh, you know, if you, you can combine uh you know, t technology and, and Bitcoin and spreading the word. And you, you, all of a sudden you're, you're doing pretty well. You, you can help get yourself out of a, such a, a nasty little situation there. Um, and, and I don't know, this person might have some other problems, mental issues, who knows what it is. I don't know. Did you, did you guys get to read that article at all and ha have any thoughts on yeah, that? I, I have a lot of to say about this actually, uh, but I also realized that we're in the process of wrapping up, but I can't. No, 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 say it, say it, No, 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 I don't want to go on a, like, no, 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 say, on, on say, a bus. but no, I, I really liked how, how uh, he said in the article that, you know, like Bitcoin discovered me and, and how Bitcoin uh, changed his life. So I think, you know, a lot of a lot of bitcoiners can kind of sympathize with that it, it it felt to me as well like bitcoin discovered me and not not the other way around and in terms of what you said in in, in terms of, of begging I, I i really like the busking analogy because uh what's currently happening is that podcasting is evolving and a lot of things are evolving and i think we can all agree that you know monetization online is kind of broken you know paywalls don't work and a lot of things are nonsensical and i i really like how bitcoin is revolutionizing like you know 15 things at once and one of those things is monetizing content online. 
And uh, you know, like like you said, you know, the the, the pennies, the sets, they they quickly stack up, they quickly add up. And um, I mean, I I'm involved in a in a German podcast, and I, I'm doing some other things, and I'm I'm receiving streaming sets every single day, you know, like every every hour of every single day. And it's 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 such a beautiful thing once you realize what's what's happening here. Here, you know, it's it's very much like a busker where you can put your head on the ground and you play music, and if people like the music, coins will continue to drop in. But unlike the busker in the street, you have a global audience you've potentially like you've massive potential and also the music continues to play you know like it's it's not bound in time and it's not bound in space and if you know what you're doing the hat will just stay there and if people like it they can voluntarily drop some sets in and that's very beautiful to see i i can't wait until more people realize that this exists and you know this is the the article where i went into quite some depth explaining this is called the freedom of value and this is what it's all about you know like information wants to be free and we need to change the monetization model of the internet so i th i thought this this story was was very on point uh of course you know in, in a different context but this is what's currently happening and it doesn't matter how you use it whether you're streaming uh sets for a podcast or you're just giving to someone who who is currently homeless it doesn't matter bitcoin doesn't care the, the bitcoin network works lightning works and it's just beautiful to see yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing that you could get exposed. A billion billion people could send you uh, pennies now. It's it's not just like being out on the corner there. It is, it, it, and that's what this story. You really get that vibe from reading it. Uh, Justine or Brady, any any thoughts on on that uh, story? Um, yeah, just real quick. I think it shows uh, the Bitcoin community is amazing. Uh, give them a good thing to donate money to and they will donate money to it every single time. And I think this just kind of highlights how how hardcore. Um, this community is in that regard. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great story. I think that in this age, if you have a cell phone, you have a lot of ability to sort of make something for yourself from a financial standpoint. And I think it's great to show that Bitcoin kind of changes your, your perspective a bit, right? Like a couple dollars in, in your hand are easy to burn, right? That doesn't feel as special. You start getting Bitcoin and you start to understand the difference. And those few sets feel a lot more special and you hold on to them and then your wealth grows. So I think it does sort of change your perspective as well, which I think this article highlighted. Um, but yeah, I think it was a, a good heartwarming way to end of the week for sure. I agreed with that. Uh, the, the, the awesome thing, uh, you know, we were talking about the theoretical versus reality beforehand. This it shows you the reality of the Lightning Network, how cool it is when you send the freaking when you send seven cents to the Canadian truckers or, or whoever that you're doing it to. It's it's it, it puts it in perspective and shows how freaking cool this thing is. Brady, any yeah, thoughts? Yeah, it is amazing. So I was looking at the Twitter thread and um, they ended up getting, this is actually from last August, the thread was, they ended up getting 258,000 sats, which is about 106 euros at that time. And this was the great thing, right? This person is broke and homeless. They said that 106 euro is like a fortune to them, right? Um, and they, they said, uh, let's see, where is it? Um, I will never spend it. I'm going to hold this forever. It is my blessing. Um, that's amazing, right? So some like this person got some money and they learned about the value of Bitcoin and was understood even in that like really tough situation, that financial situation, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to make that near-term sacrifice so that I can be better off in the long term. It's amazing. Strong freaking hands there. Yeah. That's pretty strong hands. It's about as strong yeah. as it gets, really. Indeed, indeed. All right, so we're at, we're at the end of the show here. It's time for everybody to talk about anything that was left off, what they're doing, 
again, they're all three linked to below. Uh, we'll see everybody in Miami. So let's start with uh, Justine. What are you up to? Any stories you want to say? Anything? The floor is yours. Um, goodness, any stories? I, I've got a lot going on. Actually, I'm in the middle of a move. I'm in the middle of sort of uh, a lot of cool life stuff going on, getting married in May. Um, so it's been a really exciting year for me. Um, I, I know. It's very cool. Very blessed. Um, as far as I got to do a little shill here, of course, because I work for Unchained Capital. Um, for anybody who's watching and like wants educational content, first of all, I think Swan and Brady, what you guys are doing there is phenomenal. Um, with that, Unchained is trying to sort of add educational content to the space as well. Um, something that I've sort of been passionate about and leading. So if you're curious, go to the YouTube channel of Unchained Capital. We've got monthly webinars going on where we're kind of like digging into the tech of Bitcoin and trying to approach it from a tell me like I'm five way. Uh, if you, so if you're a beginner, you don't understand something, grab that, that link. You can also join and ask questions um, for our panel of experts. Uh, other than that, yeah, if you need, if Unchained Capital sounds great as far as that you want collaborative multi-sig and want somebody to walk you through it, our concierge team is there for that. So uh, it is a little bit different than just single signatures, so make sure you know what you're getting into. Uh, just throw that little shill in there. Other than that, you can find me on Twitter sharing my uh, probably too opinionated views sometimes. And uh, yeah, it was just really fun to be here. It was, it was a great talk. Awesome to have you back. And of course, you got to shill Unchained. This is the shilling part of the show, people. This is when you, <laughs> when you, 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 you talk about your business and, and everything that you're doing. All right. And congratulations on getting married. Bam. That was a shocker. Thank I didn't know that you. was coming. That's awesome. All right. Now, uh, Bitcoin, Gigi, Bitcoin are, Gigi, marriage. Gigi, are you getting married or what, what's going on with you? <laughs> I also got a lot of life stuff going on here. But again, you know, like it's <laughs> it's uh, turbulent times ahead. But I, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. And I'm, I'm trying to ride the waves of the cloud world as best as I can. And in, in, in Bitcoin terms, um, I also got a lot of stuff going on. As most people probably know, I wrote a little book, 21 Lessons. And I'm working on my second book still. It takes me way longer than I thought it would. But I'm also doing some other things on the side i'm working on uh some bitcoin privacy projects I'm, I'm working on some some other things that i can't really talk about yet but you know keep your keep your eyes out there and, and keep your ears <laughs> attuned to the bitcoin twitter um and also yeah I, I i started to work with john a while ago with john Vallis on uh, a small podcast called closing the loop with ct so listen in if you if you haven't yet that's my, that's my my shilling part and if you're interested in tagging along with my book progress uh, a, a couple of chapters one of them some people might know it's called bitcoin is time is already online it's on 21waysbook.com and i hope to release two additional chapters very soon but you know very similar to justine you know i'm also moving and leaving countries and hopping countries and those kind of things. So uh, cut me a little bit of slack. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not writing as much as I would like. Dude, you got surprises and you are in motion. You are not a tree. You're not sticking in whatever country you're in. <laughs> when the going gets tough, people don't like cry to your government to say, fix it, make this state better. You got to get out of there. You got you to gotta do your own thing. All right, Brady, you guys are writing like a Bible of Bitcoin over there or like the history of Bitcoin. I mean, there's a lot, there's some big projects you guys are involved in. So tell us, tell us what you're up to and anything you want to talk about. <laughs> the Bitcoin Bible. Yeah, we did release um, the, the very first uh, kind of opening salvo of what we're calling the Bitcoin Canon, which is a collection of uh, all the greatest Bitcoin education resources throughout Bitcoin's history. We've got them. It's about 1200 pieces that we've collected into a database and, uh, where you know, kind of built, 
creating better metadata, like summaries and kind of cleaning everything up, tagging it, categorizing it, et cetera. Um, that will be, uh, you know, the next phase of the Bitcoin Canon. We're going to make that all searchable and everything. Right now we have uh, a series of rabbit holes, uh, which are thematic collections of content curated by Bitcoiners. So we have, um, for instance, one on Bitcoin and energy by Lynn Alden. We have one on uh, the politicization of um, of the Bitcoin economy, I think is what it is, decentralized economy. Yeah, that's what it is, by Alan Farrington. Uh, we've got one on privacy by Matt O'Dell. So it's basically we're adding a level of curation to all the you know Bitcoin content out there. There's so much that's come out, especially over the past few years, the super high quality stuff. So we're trying to arrange it uh, using some of our Bitcoin experts out there to uh, make it more useful and easier for people to, to share, especially like obviously for Bitcoin to consume. But like somebody asked you, hey, Bitcoin and energy, what's the you know, what's going on there? You can give them Lynn Alden's rabbit hole and has a couple of pieces by her, but also by Nick Carter and several other people. She writes a little, you know, kind of intro to each piece, why this is important. Here's what the, the main point I took away from it. And she has a video that sort of introduces you to the rabbit hole. So it's got a lot of value add to it. I think it's great. Um, we are uh, going to be releasing a book soon called uh, Bitcoin, Your Bright Orange Future that Corey and I have written. Um, so we're working on that, trying to get that uh, through the last stages of editing and all that. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I'll just say, like, I, you know, I really love also Unchained. I mean, you know, Unchained is like a staple of the Bitcoin community and, um, you know, making, holding down the fort in Austin. I think we're, we're going to try to do, inspired by what Unchained is doing in Austin, a little bit more in LA, um, since that's where Corey's based. And we're just uh, got an office there. We finally actually have a physical location. Uh, we're building out a little studio, um, got some exciting, uh, like video stuff coming out. So we're trying to do something a little bit more. Uh, kind of high, more highly produced type stuff with Swan Studios and and um, documentaries and a new show that's going to be coming out pretty soon with Natalie Brunel. Um, so tons of fun stuff going on. And also I mean, my friend Gigi like uh, feels like a soulmate, a brother. Uh, and one of the reasons he does is because his writing is so amazing and speaks to me. Uh, and uh, 21 Lessons is still my favorite Bitcoin book. Probably will, will be forever. So um, definitely. You, you, you can't see, but I just touched my heart, you know, like it's very <laughs> hard to make out, but th thanks for the kind words. Oh, well, yeah. Awesome. Awesome show today, guys. We had a really good combination. Physical location in LA kind of sounds like a gamble, but Hey, it's not my <laughs> You do what hey, you're trying to do there. Bitcoins for everyone and everywhere. We gotta, we gotta put little outposts, even, <laughs> even in areas where it might be, you know, Strict, uh, strict rules from uh, Dictator Garcetti over there. All right, you can deal with the Dictator Garcetti. I'm in motion. I'm going around. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. This was a great Friday. Have a great weekend. Next show is going to be, or this week at Bitcoin, I got to do it on Wednesday because the Unconfiscatable Conference in Las Vegas, speaking about Schlans getting revealed, who knows what's going to happen there, baby, with the... <laughs> With the scammies and everything that it starts Thursday in Las Vegas. So we got to do the show on Wednesday next week. It is going to be a wild weekend in Vegas next weekend. I'm in Farmington, New Mexico right now. A very interesting thing. Pound that like button, everybody. See you real soon. Thanks a lot, guest. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Uh, take care, everybody. Seriously, have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom. Bye-bye. Happy awesome. weekend. All right. That's... Uh,